to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey there, it's Jody Katz, your host of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode features Beth Russell. She is the founder of House of Potentia, a really interesting fragrance company. And full disclosure, she's a client of mine at Base Beauty. She's a psychotherapist who's done a lot of research on how scent and scent memory help propel us to be our best selves. So this is a really interesting conversation. And if you missed last week's episode, it featured Trish McAvoy. She's the founder of her own brand, Trish McAvoy. And we recorded this episode at our podcast and residence program. Program at Saks Fifth Avenue. I hope you enjoy the shows. Well, I am so excited to be sitting with Beth Russell. She's the founder of House of Potentia. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you. Hi, Jody. Hi. So, full disclosure, you are a client. Yes. So, I've gotten to know you well over the past few months. Yes. Um, I'd like our fans to, to know, you know, how we've come to meet each other. Um, how will you be spending your day today? So, I'm actually going to leave here and go jump on the train home. So I can be home when my girls get back from school. And where is home? D.C. Mm-hmm. And so it's a three-hour train ride. I can be in the quiet and read and think. And I really actually love it. So looking forward to it. I like train travel, too. I, re- I read or do like a meditation app. I do that a lot. And, you know, it just, you don't stress like you do on an airplane trying to get there. And, you know, it, you can move around. You can go to the cafe car. I, I love that mode of travel. It's my favorite. It's a great time to listen to podcasts. Yeah. It, <laughs> I've listened to a lot of yours on the train, and they're wonderful. Thank you. So, okay, there's so much to talk about, and there's so many fascinating things about you. Um, the first thing I want to start with is something that always brings a smile to my face, which is that you live on an alpaca farm. Yes, we do. Well, we have an alpaca farm. We um, it's close by the home we've been living in for 25 years. We found it about four years ago. Um, I never dreamed I'd be an alpaca farmer, but um, it's sort of everything fell into place, and we we just love it. It's just added this dimension to our lives we never would, would have dreamed. So how does one become an alpaca farm owner? How did this happen? Well, we first found this property that just sort of fell into our laps, um, and we we fell in love with it and decided to buy farm and renovate these homes on the property. And I just kept looking at the fields going, there needs to be something on here. We can't just have this place and not have some sort of farm animals or something. And so I had seen a a website for alpaca shawls and stuff. And I clicked on to look at the products and I saw these alpacas. And I'm like, those are cool. Uh, Didn't know anything about them. Um, And ended up getting sort of obsessed, and we went and visited this alpaca farm in Colorado, and I, I watched how she cared for them. I thought, we can do that. We can do that, even though we'd never had <laughs> livestock or anything before. Um, we just were crazy enough to think we could do it, so we did. So this was just a little seed was in your head, mm-hmm. and it grew into mm-hmm. an alpaca farm. That's exactly right, and it just all sort of organically snowballed and became what it is now, which is this huge part of our lives, which we, as I said, when we went into it, we had no thought that this was what we were going to do. We are not strategic <laughs> at all, <laughs> and in fact, I always say to myself, if I had known if when I got started on whatever, I would never have done that, you know, but we're always so glad we did. What um, were the other animals that you considered? 
Um, you know, just the general livestock. We did do, we have 30 chickens as well as our alpaca. So we started actually with chickens, um, just a few of them, and then we fell in love with our chickens. And now we have all these chickens. Um, we have donkeys, two mini miniature donkeys that are just lovable things. And, um, you know, just sort of had random thoughts. My daughter wants a pig now, and I'm kind of resisting that a little bit, but I know we'll end up with a pig because she kind of gets what she is obsessed with. <laughs> sounds like mom. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. There's a similarity there for sure. And um, do you shear the alpacas? We do. We um, Once a year, we shear them, and we have a big party. We call it Shearing Day, and we invite all these people from D.C. and all our friends and families, and they come out for the day. We have a big barbecue. We even have a band, and shear these alpacas and people are just fascinated by it, you know, because most people have never interacted with them or know anything about them. So it's really fascinating for people. And what time of year is the shearing? In May. Oh, oh, it's the third cool. week of May. Yeah. How fun. And then where, where does the sheared fur go to? Well, right now it's in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> so you can keep it raw and sell it off to like a co-op or what I want to do is, um, turn it into end products. And so I'm playing around now. I have a carding machine. What does that mean? It's um, you take the raw fleece and you put it through this. Uh, it's a bunch of needles, basically. And it'll pull it and stretch it until it comes out as a batting, roving, which is sort of a fluffy material that then you can spin into yarn. Oh, wow. I have a spinner. I have a spinning wheel and a carding machine. So, you know, it's one of those things that's just going to be fun, experimental. But now I have so much of it that I kind of have to take it to a processor because I can't do it all myself. Right. So if there's any processors of alpaca fleece listening. Yes, reach out to me. Um, we have a type of alpaca. There's two types of alpaca. One's wakaya and one's surrey. And we have surrey alpacas and there are just not that many people who do the processing. It's a long staple fiber and it's harder to work with, but it's silkier and softer for the end product. So it's hard to find somebody, so that's why it's all still in my garage. <laughs> right. Okay, well, hopefully the SEO of this podcast transcript will find its way to someone who can help you with that's this. That's how things work, right? You know, somebody just out of the blue pops up, and all of a sudden your your prayers are answered or your you know hopes are fulfilled or whatever. So how, do, how does one have the time who's running a business, an entrepreneur, and taking care of farm animals and buying carding machine, how to, <laughs> how to do this. Um, and you're a parent. Yes. And a wife. Yes. And you have many friends. Yeah. So um, how do you make time for all this? You know, um, everything's, I don't see any of it as separate. And it's all integrated. So when I go to the farm, I also do a lot of work for my business. I have an office there at the farm um, where I do my card readings and I think about things and write things. And the whole aesthetic of the farm, the way the farm looks, also has influenced my products. So it's all connected. And when I do work, I have people come to the farm. And so it's all just sort of a flow. You know, it's, I don't have a nine to five job. It's like, I'm always doing all of this. Mm -hmm. Like the middle of the night last night, I was texting with my manager who helps me at the farm, you know, tomorrow you have to do whatever. So it's just all kind of, one and the same. I, it's my life. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I guess that's sort of how I live my life, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's great that way. I, um, I get, I guess, 
bored or whatever if I have to focus on one thing for a long, long period of time. So I like having these different aspects that I can move into. And it's, they're all very different. You know, the farm life is very different than coming up here to New York and sitting down at a perfumer's. You know, that couldn't be more different. But I love that because I think we all have these various facets of ourselves that are fun to explore and to um, to grow. So, Well, if any listener wants to see more of the alpaca life, we actually put a lot of it on social. It's one of like the things that we think is really actually very exciting about telling the story of the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, because while they are different, right, prestige fragrance and alpaca farming don't seem similar, I do think that we wore fragrances because we want to be closer to nature in yes. many ways. Yes. Um, and some of your animals are real hoots and <laughs> certainly perform for us. Yeah. And a lot of the footage lives on social. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've thought a lot about that as what, you know, I'll be out there when you have animals like this, they have a lot of waste. And so I, we muck. We call you muck. And I'll be out there with my shovel, you know, mucking this alpaca poo and, think, you know, but... I have this perfume business, but think about it. You know, there is a sim. It's it's about smell, being in nature. It's about sort of being in your present environment, really. And that's, it's not that dissimilar when you get right down to it. So, so tell us about House of Potential. What is that? So it's a fragrance line. Um, I am a, a psychologist. Have a master's degree in psychology, and um, have always loved fragrance. And I had this idea some years back that fragrance really, if you do research on, on the uses of fragrance throughout time, you see that it was used in different ways than we're using it now. It's become a commercial product. It's become something people do to maybe attract a partner or something like that. But in, in uh, ancient times, they would use it um, to affect their environment, to affect other people's consciousness and affect their own in ritual and so forth. So I thought, you know, why can't we bring that back? Why can't we talk about fragrance as a way to really empower yourself and change your environment for the good? So Potencia is about bringing your awareness into the present moment, really empowering yourself to understand you're much more than you really usually give yourself credit for. So it's I call it all fact of induction. Throughout the day, you use fragrance as a reminder. Um, you know, I, I have the power. I have the power within me to create whatever it is I want in my life. And it's a reminder for you for so that. This is like sort of a, um, another sense, using a different sense for like how people would tie like ribbons yeah, around their wrists. Very right? much like that. Um, to be reconnected to what's important. To, to be today. reconnected. Mm-hmm. And so just think about it. How great is that? I mean, You don't have to have a prop. You just put it on in the morning, and throughout your whole day, that's going to be a trigger, a reminder for you. It's all about your intention. You can do that, you know, with anything, but fragrance is so personal, and it 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 does affect your body. It affects your your feelings. It affects everything, and it goes straight into um, the brain stem. It bypasses cognition, so that it's that trigger can be automatic right away. So if you do that intention in the morning, you use your fragrance, um, you know, you can have some remarkable experiences. And uh, it's really fun to use fragrance that way. So why, why and how is that different than aromatherapy? I think aromatherapy is saying this fragrance is going to make you make your body do something. What we're saying is this fragrance is going to help your, remind you of who you are 
your consciousness, your intention. You're using it. It's not working on you. Mm-hmm. Or I would say it's both, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's a vibra- it's, it's, fragrance is a vibration. You know, it's made from living things. So what you're putting on your body is going to affect everything about you. So that's true. That's sort of the aromatherapy idea. But what about the mind component? You know, that's also very, very important. Right. When I first met you, I really connected with this, uh, the mindfulness aspect of yeah. the brand. Um, and the fact that you are a trained therapist, right? Like this is your background. You're not yeah. just someone who decided one day you wanted to make a pretty perfume, right? Right. There's certainly many people who do, but the fact that you're actually using the science of the mind and um, have worked with patients for so many years and helping them reach their goals. Yes. Right, right? that you're able to use scent memory to help us do that. Exactly. And I, a lot of people are working in these realms. And I guess what, for me, as a, as a therapist, I got very... Um, discouraged because I thought, you know, talk therapy isn't hitting on the things that really help people heal. We're talking about healing. We're not just talking about cognitive understanding. That can go so far, and that's important. But there are subconscious aspects to us that have to be dealt with. And unless you have tools and, and ways to access that, it's going to sit there. It's going to always be there. And you you won't even know it's driving you. So I think, you know, this is a way to reach some of those subconscious aspects as well. But why can't I do that in talk therapy? What's limiting about that? Because you're up in your head. You know, you're up in your head. And so if, you, if you don't know what you don't know, how are you going to reach that material? It's got to be in, through symbol. It's got to be through feelings and experience, not just your thoughts about something. Mm-hmm. You can, it's like, Talk therapy is the tip of the iceberg, and then everything else is underneath it. Um, and, you know, I, it takes a long time to work through all that material on a cognitive level. Whereas what if you just hit it from below and just just knocked out the entire thing? You right. can do it that way. So you're saying that scent, when I smell something, it skips through mm-hmm. all the stuff that's in my head mm-hmm. and goes to what, like um, my old baggage or my old story? Well, yeah. Just think about it. Every, I mean, Proust and the Madelines and the smell and every, everybody knows this. A smell, you are there instantly. If a smell from a very, let's say it's a traumatic experience, let's say it's a wonderful experience, that smell is encoded. You can literally smell that again. Mm-hmm. And it, it puts you right there. It, it activates every single thing you were feeling at that time, right? So it can come up. So let's say, you know, you are have a trauma in your past and you've got that whole thing is still there unless you've done the work to bring it out. So it's important to have tools that get to these deeper levels rather than just talk. There's nothing wrong with talk therapy. Right. It's just one aspect. It's one aspect. It's very important. It's, I think you have to have many tools in your kit to work through this life to work through what we're doing here. Right, so this is this a symptom of the modern, modern world that we need to work harder to get to? I think so. And really are. the way I conceive of it is that as, as each generation goes on, the stuff that isn't dealt with gets just compiled onto the next generation. I think about grief, for instance, like in our society, just as a whole. For individuals, I know how, how it kind of works. Think about every time we've been involved in a traumatic war or anything that's been um, of massive scale, how have we dealt with it? How have we worked through it? I think of World War II, for instance. All those fathers came home after having dealt with that massive trauma, 
And what did they do? They didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And they'd come home to their families, and their families didn't know what was going on, felt that anxiety, depression, fear, whatever it was, and didn't even know it wasn't theirs. It was from you know this experience that maybe their father had. And then that com gets compounded and twisted and turned into maybe the high suicide rate today. Who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, who knows what the connections really are? But it goes down, 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 down. And I always say this, if you don't, if the parents don't deal with their stuff, that goes to the kids. Mm -hmm. And then the kids have not only their parents' stuff, but their own stuff mm -hmm. that starts to accumulate over their life. And uh, it becomes overwhelming for a lot of people. They just can't, they get overwhelmed and they sink beneath the waves. Mm -hmm. So it's hard work. Yeah. It is. Yes. Yeah. My own journey to like, you know, feeling whole. Yes. Um, feeling like myself has been like over 10 years and exhausting and lots of tears and lots of discomfort and yes. reactions to things and understanding like um, what was history and what is now. And, um, you know, it's challenging. But And very few people will do it, Jody. I mean, it's just a remarkable when you find somebody who's willing to take that journey because it's just easier to switch off, right? Yeah. And easier, especially in this day and age when we have so much coming at us. It's just easier to throw up your hands and say, I'm just going to go, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take the path of least resistance and go with this. And that's dangerous because... I think what we're doing here is we are supposed to rise above that. Mm -hmm. I think that's the challenge of each life is to rise above all that. And you're never truly yourself until you do. Right. Yeah. I think I was super motivated to make the most of every day um, because we don't have many of them, right? We only have really the one we're in right now. We that's have right. We to come. So that's, that's right. It's like always been a big motivator for me. Where do you think that came from? Um, this feeling of like wasting time before, you know, mm. when I was younger, uh -huh. you know, and not really ever having my head be where my feet are, right? I spent a lot of time like in the distance, you know, in the future in my head or in the yeah. past. Yeah. And, um, and I guess like around the time that like I wanted to have kids, that feeling evolved into wanting to really be here. But yeah, it's been really hard work. Yeah, it is hard work. And sometimes it feels like it's, you never get to the end of it. And, you know, that can be very frustrating. You put in years and years and years and years, decades even, and you're like, well, but why am I feeling this way? But the fact is it is like on, they talk about the peeling away of the onion yes. or the layers. So you get down and you get down and you get down and the layers are deep. And, you know, it's not that you're not making progress. It's that you are. Right, right. And more stuff comes up and more things. And it's, it's actually, you know, you will get, you can get to a plateau and, and it can happen suddenly. I think that's what enlightenment is. I haven't, I'm not enlightened, so I don't know for sure. But I think what enlightenment is, you get to the, you get to the final place where you've let all that go. And now you're just free consciousness, right. free, unfettered consciousness. And I, I would love to know what that feels like. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate the journey now. And when hard stuff does happen, I know that it's an opportunity to learn. Yes. So I embrace it as opposed to a few years ago, I would have really resisted yes. and fought against it and challenged it. But now I'm at the place where I'm like, okay, I know this is going to be hard and feel feel not good for a little while, but I also know that feeling's going to pass. I think that is such an important point is to, and, and that's what I'm saying about potentia too, is that your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly is your material. Mm -hmm. that, that is what you're meant to use. As hard and horrible as some of it may be, 
it's yours. And, and if you can digest it and, and really put it into that context of this is my, I, I use the word spiritual, this is my spiritual path mm-hmm. to utilize this to get to a place where I've integrated it and then come out the other side. And I think resistance is the biggest issue for most people. It certainly has been for me, you know, but resistance only keeps something in place. People think resistance pushes it away from you, but for every action, an equal and opposite reaction, that's physics. When you're resisting and pushing away, guess what? It's coming back on you. Right. I um, I think the biggest struggle was always acceptance of whatever mm-hmm. was happening, right? Like oh, yeah. trying to fight against it and um, realizing at some point, I don't remember when, um, I wish I journaled, I, I don't journal, but um, realizing that if I would just accept it, it would actually be easier in my body. It's very true. And there's um, you know, a technique that I love this um, spiritual teacher, guru, David Hawkins. He was a psychiatrist and an MD and then became a, a writer of, of these um, wonderful spiritual books. But um, so he's seen it from that side, you know, the traditional psychotherapy side. And then he, you know, from the spiritual side, he calls it letting go. And it's a technique, you know, you may know about it, but it's really just anything that comes up. Even if you bang your toe on a table, you'd be surprised if you pay attention, the resistance that comes up around that. And he claims just that resistance is what keeps the pain in place. Mm -hmm. And what if, so, and I do this technique and I've had some unbelievable successes. Like I thought I sprained my ankle one day and I just did that, let it go, just went into the pain, didn't resist it, Mm -hmm. and it was, it disappeared. How interesting that you say that. I I mean, we're we're going really deep down the hole now, but... um, (laughs) You knew we would. (laughs) There's... um, Parts of me through the years that when I met with a pain, any sort of, not physical pain, but emotional pain, um, I want to be in it. Ah. Right? Wow. Like, I um, I want to stop my feet. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I'm in this, and I'm mad, and I deserve to be in it because I want to be in it, and I want to be surrounded by this darkness. Like I'm, And then eventually, I'm like, okay, no, I'm ready to leave it. Yep. But um, I think part of me craved just sitting in the darkness sure. of my feelings, yeah. the opposite of letting go. Yeah. My, um, maybe now I'd be quicker to let go, but for a while I was really just angry, or, you know, so yep. I wanted to be surrounded by it. And I think that's a high level of awareness to even know that. Most people deny that that's the case, but if you're really honest with yourself, you'll see that, that there is a part of you that is like, Almost like a little kid, you know, like, well, it is your little kid side. Maybe it's from a past trauma where someone wouldn't let you express yourself and wouldn't let you be angry or wouldn't let you be depressed. And that little piece of you gets activated and let it, you know, I always say, let it, you don't have to act it out, but let it be there within you as long as it needs to be. And that's how you do let it go. You be with it. Ironically, that's the way to let it go is to go totally into it. So this makes me think of the card readings, which are the, like the most fascinating and exciting things that I've seen in a really long time. Can you? Exp- I don't want to butcher the meaning of it. Well, explain uh-huh. it to me to us. Okay, so um, I've been using tarot and other sort of divination cards for many, many years, just for fun, you know, for myself. Um, and you know, we this potentia has a lot of symbolic meaning and symbology along with the brand. Um, I love. Carl Jung, I love the whole idea of the collective unconscious and how these symbols can activate certain feeling states and mental uh, states within us. So um, I decided to make 
a set of cards that are specific to Potencia and speak to this process around, um, you know, moving through life, moving through your issues in life. And so it sort of all magically fell together. It's something I've thought of for years of doing and then it was sort of like, but how? And I don't know how. And, and then one day it just sort of boom, there it was. And um, I started using them for readings for myself and then now for our Instagram post and for, um, and I, I've been blown away by what comes out in these cards um, because, you know, I kept thinking to myself, well, who, who am I to make a set of cards that tell people, you know, that, you know, this can point a direction, this can help you resolve things, but they do. And um, so what I do for my card readings for our posts is I will have a thought in my mind, you know, maybe we have a theme that week and I'll say, you know, what do I, what do I need to know about this? What needs to come out? What's the message? And I ask for it mm-hmm. and I sit until I feel ready and then I just do a traditional three-card reading, pull three cards, and none of them have been similar. They've all been unique, and there's not a lot of cards. There's like 20 cards or something, so it's not this huge 72-piece deck like a tarot. But the combinations are amazing, and they've always been just spot on. And I'll sit there and go, wow, where did that come from? You know, I feel like I'm working with something that's really not me, Mm -hmm. that's beyond me, like a channel in a way. It's really the most fascinating experience. So um, the card reading that I had was with Pam Bell, who um, is a genius um, fragrance industry expert. Yes. Works with you on the brand. And um, she picked my card, or I picked my card, she turned them over and started talking. And I started crying because it was like so just hit the nerve or whatever was on my mind that day. Yeah. And, And it's so fascinating to me that you, a human being, created the system. Right, it really does sort of feel like, how could this not have been here all along? I agree, and it felt like that to me too. Like, and I can't take credit for it. I know when it's me trying to do something, you know, but I also know when something's come through me that I can't really take credit for it. Like, I was blown away, like I said, when these all fell into place, and I was like, oh my gosh, where did that come from, you know? And it's just, it tickled me, you know, because you never, you can't plan for that. You never know when that's really going to happen. It's happened a few times in my life, and it's like such a gift. So I know it's supposed to go out. It's And the reaction I've had from people has been unbelievable. People cry all the time. You know, you get these messages, and they those symbols, for whatever re- reason, really do hit people at a place where they can then release this stuff and really see themselves in in a in a different way. So they're a gift. And so, you know, I feel like they are really, now they've become for me the sort of the focal point of the brand. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the cards also correspond to the fragrances. So you can use the cards to tell yourself, you know, well, I might want to wear the white light today because I come, came up with two cards from that suit. And it's showing me I need to really focus on this desire aspect and this allowing aspect. So they're pretty cool that way. Very cool tool. It is, um, it is amazing. And what's so cool about it is when we first met, you said, I don't really want social media. <laughs> it feels really icky. It feels like everyone's just sort of fake. And um, It's really more I just didn't understand it. it. It was, you know, some of it is, everybody knows us. Some of it's bad, just like anything. And some of it's just nasty. And it brings out the worst in some people. Others, it's great. And I love some of it, too. I, and it's just that I didn't. 
get onto it early, so I didn't quite understand it. And I, now I just feel like an old fogey or something like, what is this? What are these young kids doing out here? But what, what's so cool about it for your brand is that it gives a voice to these things that are pretty complex ideas. Yes, right? they are. Um, so these card readings, um, you know, it's it's not a simple thing to describe and it's not a simple thing to understand, right? So yes. week after week, people get to start to understand how the cards work and what they mean to you. And um, so that has been the challenge with this brand is the complexity of it. It's pretty, feels large even to me. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you know, I've been told by some, you might want to, to, some say dumb it down or you might want to simplify. Simplify is fine and I can do that in some but, you know, with the card readings, I don't. Whatever comes through, I put out there. And I feel like people have embraced it in a way that I kind of was surprised about. Um, and it's pretty complex, like you said. So I feel like I don't want to water down what, this, what it's all about and that people will come at it from whatever place they need to come at it. You just offer whatever it is. I mean, I think soon enough people are going to be honestly lining up for card readings. <laughs> um, because there's, it's so meaningful. It's so deep. Yeah. It's so real and honest. And, um, you know, the fact that it guides me to a fragrance that's going to help me in that state of mind that I'm in in that moment, that uh-huh. I can check in with myself in uh-huh. the day, is really um, it's so incredibly unique. Isn't it fun? And I love it. You know, it sort of puts a magic ritual to your day. Like yes. if you do a card reading and then you use your fragrance and the whole day is a magic ritual then. And I love that. And I feel like, you know, life can get pretty mundane and pretty, um, you know, boring, I guess. If you go about your day and you do things the same way and you have a schedule and then you have to do these tedious things all the time. And this sort of makes every single day unique. I remember the days I do my readings and then use the fragrance. Those stand out in my mind. So, like, you're capturing more of your life right. by doing this. You're putting a framework around it. You're, you're just elevating it to a place where it's, the meaning is so far beyond what it would be if you just went about your day. Right. So the last topic I want to talk about um, is adoption. Oh, good. And um, you speak of it often. Mm-hmm. You are now an expert. Um, tell us what your adoption stories are. <laughs> So I came to adoption in a very unusual way. Um, it wasn't something that I sought, but it found me. And it's the greatest uh, gift of my life or probably a thousand lifetimes. And um, what happened, short story, a long story short, um, I went to China with a girlfriend who was adopting. She just invited me to go. I was like, okay, I've never been to China. Didn't even want to go to China. And uh, I went with her. We got there. They brought the baby to her, and within a few hours, she turned to me and she said, I'm not going to take her. I'm going to send her back. And uh, my whole life changed in that moment. And again, couldn't have foreseen this. You know, when I got on that airplane, I certainly wouldn't have thought my whole life was going to change, but you just never know. So what happened was I had already bonded with this, this beautiful baby who was also in dire straits, to be honest. She was not doing well, and I couldn't imagine leaving her. We went to this orphanage that was um, really, uh, I think it took me 10 years to get over seeing it, mm. honestly. And then, of course, but my love for my daughter, it was just so traumatic to think she had been there. It's like this, there was a lot to unpack with that. Um, and um, 
so I brought this baby home. She became my daughter, who is now a um, sophomore in college, <laughs> believe it or not, and beautiful and fun and loving life, loving life, and just a joy for us. Um, but seeing it, you know, seeing what was going on there, not just in China, but many places around the world, learning about this after the fact, I just couldn't believe what was being allowed, what, was, what these kids were having to, to, to put up with so early in their lives. So I went back um, five years later and adopted Jaden, who uh, is now a freshman in high school. Um, and then made the mistake of going back again to look at some facilities that we were hoping to support. And I met Daisy, who is our fourth grader, and we adopted a third time. And, you know, I'm thinking about Valentine's Day coming up here. So it's one of our favorite holidays because I think we have this little love affair going on. Our family is this, just this little love story. And that's truly what it is. I just, it's so... Um, deep for me, and, and I am so grateful that my parenting happened the way that it did, because um, I wasn't sure how it was going to happen, so uh, it was meant to be. And you wrote a book. I wrote a book, experience. yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Forever Lily, and I just felt the need to unpack that mm -hmm. whole experience. That's why I wrote. I just had to understand it, because a lot happened in this discrete 10-day period. It was as if my life was on this fast track of transformation. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand it. You know, I had been seeking and studying and doing all that for a long, long time, and it felt like not much was happening. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, boom, 10 days of, you better put this into practice. You have to now, mm -hmm. because life is asking you to. So I did, and I wrote about it to share that process. Like, what was I thinking inside my mind? What was I processing inside my heart to get to a good outcome? Because it could have gone off the rails so many times, and I just shudder to think of if I had not had the presence of mind, you know, to allow this to unfold in a certain way, it could have gone off the rails a hundred times during that trip. Right. Um, it's an incredible story. And I think people will probably want to know more. So where can they find that book? So you can order it on Amazon. It, um, uh, I think Barnes & Noble and other places you can get it. Um, just go online. And I think Jaden is our photographer. Yes, photographer. yes. Um, so she's super talented. Yeah. When you go to the feed, um, the images of the products... And the alpacas yeah. are really stunning. She has. She is such a unique person. I. She's my little Buddha. Um, she really is. I don't know anybody like her, and she's the only person I can say this about, but there is not a mean bone in her body. And she has this love of animals that that is um, really unbelievable the rapport she has and the sympathy she has and so she's able to capture them on she'll spend hours every single weekend every day of the weekend out there photographing these animals so it's it's great it's fun she loves it and um and uh, we're getting some good photos out of it <laughs> yeah i mean it's um not every day that like in-house photography works out, right? Right. She's really talented. She has, I told her, she for Christmas, all she wanted was photography equipment. Mm -hmm. And so she got a really cool telephoto lens. She got a drone, so now she can take oh, photos cool. uh, from the drone. And um, I think, you know, this will be her mission in life, you know, is to somehow 
use her photography to capture her viewpoint, to capture her voice. So it's really fun to watch her evolve and grow with that. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us tonight. So exciting to get to hear You're your welcome. Story thank you for having me. I love your podcast. Thank You're you. doing great work, and I, I'm just honored to be here. Oh, I'm so honored to get to know you, to have Senate readings, to have my team work on all this uplifting content. I mean, it's not every day where we all get to explore like who we are as beings through our work. Well, I think that's, you know, the beauty industry, any industry, you get caught up in, in you know, doing your work, getting your goals done, and, and, and that part of you never gets to come into it, but I say it has to come into it. Um, so you all have given me a voice on the internet, and um, I've enjoyed working with you so much. This is so cool. Well, for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Beth. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes, and for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.